All right. Good morning. Trust you're all having a good morning, even though maybe it's a little hard to get limbered up on a cold morning like this, but we're thankful that we have the opportunity this morning to look to God who is again desiring the best for us and has a blessing in mind for us today as we look into his word. Let's bow our heads for a word of prayer. Our Father, again this morning, we thank you for life, health, and strength in Christ Jesus. We thank you for Jesus who came and gave himself for us. We thank you for the opportunity now to look into your word. Thank you that we have your word and that we have a freedom even to look into your word and for the privilege we have of being in this Bible school and spend time especially with your word during these weeks. I ask that you will bless each student, bless the students to look into your word, each teacher and the cooks and everyone else who is involved in the Bible school, bless them again, especially with those who may be sick and not feeling well, you continue to grant strength to them. Thank you, this uh, Marvin Sensening, whoever he is, that you will also grant strength to him. So can you bless each one of us, help us as we look to you for your guidance today. Pray in Jesus' name, amen. Open your Bible this morning to John chapter 15. I'm going to talk about bearing fruit this morning. Even though it's cold, God still wants us to bear fruit. <clears throat> it's a little different, I guess, the fruit that God wants us to bear this morning. Well, we're going to um, look at that, see if we can find some lessons for ourselves there in <clears throat> John 15. I think I'll just read it first. John 15, 1 to probably verse 12. Then I'll go back and get some lessons for us. I am the true vine, and my father is the husband. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Now you are clean through the word that I have spoken unto you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine. No more can ye, except ye abide in me. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me ye can do nothing. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch, and is withered. And men gather them, and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. If ye abide in me, and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. Here is my Father glorified, that ye bear much fruit. So shall ye be my disciples. As the Father hath loved me, so have I loved you. Continue ye in my love. If you keep my commandments, ye shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments, and abide in his love. These things have I spoken unto you, that my joy might remain in you, and that your joy might remain might be full. This is my commandment, that ye love one another, as I have loved you. <clears throat> All right. My one of my first questions this morning is, what is fruit? Many times we read this chapter, and okay, fruit probably is going out and witnessing for Jesus and being a, a missionary. Well, possibly. That's not what fruit trees do. Fruit trees don't go anywhere. Fruit trees stay kind of in one place, pretty much. In fact, about all their life, they stay in one place. 
if they're bearing fruit and you get transplanted, they don't do too well. So what's fruit? Well, where I am, we have mango trees, orange trees, grapefruit trees. That's what fruit is. Fruit is something that you can eat. Now, who gets the fruit? <clears throat> well, the fruit, depending on the tree and the location, the fruit is for whoever passes by. Whoever comes close to the tree can get fruit. Now, you're not supposed to go and steal fruit. I'm not advising that it's going somebody else's fruit. But a tree is, a fruit is for whoever comes by. That's, fruit falls down and or maybe someone picks it, and that's what the fruit is for someone else. The fruit is not for the tree. The fruit doesn't do the tree any good as far as I can tell. Uh, the, in fact, 100% of you have eaten fruit. I don't know if you all have fruit trees, but how many of you have ever gone and said to the tree, thank you? Anybody ever say that? Did you ever go and hug a tree and say, oh, thank you? I doubt it. We, 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 no, because the tree is just supposed to do that. <laughs> now, when we bear fruit, if we're doing some good thing, nice thing to our friend, our neighbor, we kind of think they owe us a thank you. They should tell us thank you. At least notice that we did something. Uh, you know, I am somebody, maybe not very much, but I am a little bit of somebody. You should at least recognize me and tell me thank you. Well, you never thank a tree. A tree doesn't get thanked. And the fruit is not necessarily helping the tree. The fruit is not necessarily helping you. So what is fruit? What does God want from you? What does he want from me? Well, apparently, he wants that when somebody comes close to you, you can at least give them good morning. Or a smile. Or... I just read this morning in the Old Testament, um, one of the rules was that if you see the ox or the ass of somebody else that is your enemy, apparently they had enemies, nobody here has enemies, I'm sure, but in case you see someone else's donkey lying under a burden and can't get up, um, go and help. Don't say, I hope he dies. No, go and, go and help. Go and, and do something. That's bearing fruit. Bearing fruit are those, all those little things that you can do and I can do Moment by moment, as we go through our life, that's bearing fruit. And the fruit blesses somebody else. The fruit doesn't bless you, necessarily. Now, it's wonderful in our lives, in our, in our Christian experience, that bearing fruit also actually blesses us. When we do something good for someone else, it actually blesses us. Now, in a tree, that's not quite the case. But that is one of the blessings in a Christian life, that the person who bears fruit actually receives a blessing. The person who receives the fruit, the person who is blessed with a, a hello or a good morning or can I help you or can I listen to you or can I sit down and share your sorrow or whatever it is, the person who does that, who receives that help, receives a blessing. But the person who does it also receives a blessing. It's a two-way street. Another thing about fruit is sometimes it gets stepped on. Sometimes fruit gets stepped on. Sometimes it falls off. It's a beautiful, beautiful apple or mango, a beautiful thing. But no one's right there, and it fell down, and someone else comes along and steps on the fruit. Does the tree complain? Oh, that was a good fruit. No, the tree doesn't say a thing. Uh, you didn't even, you know, you just stepped on what I gave you. That's the way bearing fruit is. 
You don't always get thanked. In fact, you might get stepped on. Maybe someone even no- doesn't even notice. Maybe you did a wonderful job cleaning the auditorium and no one even says thank you. Or you made a wonderful breakfast for somebody and they, didn't, they just quit gobbled down and went and they didn't even say thank you. I mean, lots of things like that happen and we don't even get thanked. Bear fruit. Keep on bearing fruit. Keep on bearing fruit. You don't have to get thanked and you may not get noticed and it may get stepped on and maybe it's not even appreciated what you do, but bear fruit. That's the command here is God wants us to bear fruit. God wants us to be people who are the opposite of a black hole. You've probably read recently they're discovering new things about black holes. I didn't study that exactly what it was. But when I was growing up, they told us that black holes are objects in the universe the opposite of a star. A star, like the sun, is something which is burning and burning and sheds forth light. And light comes out and eventually gets here. It takes, how long does it take to get here from the sun? Does someone know? Four minutes? Can you tell me? I think it's like four minutes for the light to get here from the sun. It's a little while um, for light to get here from the sun. And then, of course, there's others that are much further away that take thousands of years for it to get here. But out in there someplace, there are things called black holes. And black holes, I understand, are a star that kind of exceeded itself in burning out. It actually started to burn in. And it's actually, it's like gravity just pulling everything inside. In fact, they tell me that if you got close to one, of course we can never get there, but if you got close to one, the acceleration on your body that would accelerate you pulling you into the black hole would actually pull your feet off of your head. It just just pull you apart. That's how fast it's speeding up. It just you're going in this hole so fast that it actually pull you apart. In fact, they told us that the acceleration of things going into the black hole is so, it exceeds the speed of light. In other words, light can't even get out because things going in are going in faster than the speed of light, so light can't get out. Now, recently, I'm studying or hearing or noticing some, some black holes that seem like they're putting out light, so I haven't figured that one out yet. But... Uh, Scientists, I guess, probably can't, don't know everything. No one's been in a black hole and come out, don't get me wrong. The way they know about black holes, you can't see them, obviously, because no light comes out. The way they can know about black holes is it's a tremendous, obviously a tremendous attraction, and it attracts the stars and so on that are around it and may even swallow them up, but the, the, the black hole is identified by the action of those around it because it's sucking so hard. Some people are like black holes. They only think of themselves. Everything is me, 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 me first, me first. They don't think of anybody else. A little baby is like that when a baby is born. Me. Wakes up in the morning, want something to eat. I'm, I'm wet. Whatever, I'm sick. That's the way it is. It doesn't say, well, let's see. Mom is probably tired. I'm going to let her sleep a while this morning. Babies don't do that. They don't worry about their mom or their sister. They don't care. It's me. Sometimes there are 40-year-olds and 20-year-olds that are still that way. They only think about me. Wake up in the morning, me, me, what I want, where I'm going. They don't think about their brother, their sister, their mother, their father, what they can do. There's no fruit bearing for someone else. It's mostly just me, me, me. That's a tendency all of us have. That's a black hole. Let's not be black holes. 
Let's be shining stars. Shining stars shine out for other people. They make it nice for other people. In fact, stars can give direction. I guess you know that. The folks in Haiti that were trapped there for two months, when they escaped, as I understand it, they used the stars at night to guide them to know where north was. They, they, someone knew that the north star, where the north star was, and Big Dipper goes around the north star. And so, okay, here we are. And they were able to use that as a guide to get them through the bush and out to a town where they escaped. So stars can guide us. Black holes can't guide anybody because you can't see them. <clears throat> so God wants us to be a shining star. He wants us to be um, something that other people can even gauge their direction of their life by what we are. So that's the, that's the, the picture of bearing fruit. Bearing fruit is lots of little, 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 little things. Now notice some things here about the, about the bearing fruit that it says here in this chapter. One thing that seems a little strange, why he puts it in here, is verse 3, Now ye are clean. Well, we're not talking about being clean. We're talking about bearing fruit. But here he says, now you are clean through the word I've spoken unto you. Okay, that's interesting. Um, the message, of course, is multiple. Um, the only way we can abide in Jesus, bear fruit, and be worthwhile in his kingdom is if we're clean through his word. That's why we're here in Bible school. We're here in Bible school to learn from his word, to get new messages, and to... Uh, see where our life compares with this word, which is the, the source of our life, how we can relate. That's what God wants us to learn here in Bible school. Get clean through this word, which I have spoken unto you. <clears throat> John 10, verse 3, talking about this, this word making us clean, is an interesting verse. Um, should humble us a little bit. When we're talking, uh, it says in verse 2, John 10, verse 2, he that entereth by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. Okay, we've heard that many times. That's Jesus is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the porter openeth. Who's the porter? Who's the porter? Who's the doorkeeper? And the sheep hear his voice. The porter this morning happens to be me. The porter in your life is you. You are supposed to open the door so that people can hear Jesus. They hear his voice. They don't hear the porter. The porter is not important. The porter, porter's voice is not heard. The sheep maybe don't even know who the porter is. But the porter simply opens the door so that the sheep can hear his voice. And that's bearing fruit. Bearing fruit is simply open the door so that other people can see Jesus. In fact, that's all we're supposed to do is help people to see Jesus. That's what the porter does. The porter simply opens the door so that people can see Jesus. That's what he wants for us in our lives. He wants us to open the door. <clears throat> Another thing to remember about trees and bearing fruit is that if you go and find a fruit tree someplace, at least in our country, you'll find scars on the trunk. The trunk is scarred because people chop with a machete around the trunk to clean and clean away the grass. So they chop around there. And as they chop, they sometimes miss a little bit and sometimes they scar the trunk. Try to be careful, of course. The trunk gets scarred. <clears throat> Romans 11, 18 tells us this about the trunk. Uh, good for us to remember this. In our homes, when we're at a home with our brothers and our sisters and 
the brothers and sisters in the church and our mother and our father and all those other people that come running to us and want us to do this and want us to do that and want us to help a little bit here and go for church cleaning here or help some elderly person there or whatever it is we're supposed to, they want us to go and help we sometimes get overburdened with doing these things remember that the trunk is there in chapter 11 romans 11 verse 18 boast not against the branches but if thou boast thou bearest not the root but the root thee remember that you are being held up by a root the trunk that's jesus jesus holds you Jesus is holding you. He's the trunk. He gets the scars. He gets the nicks. He takes the licking. He's down there where people run into it and this kind of thing. That's Jesus. He's taking all that licking for you and for me. And there are many licks that we don't even know about. Many things that maybe would have come into our life, difficulties, that we don't ever experience because the trunk took the lick for us. Jesus took that lick for us. The important thing for us, again, we heard this yesterday morning or maybe the other morning before. The requirement, he tells us here, is not to bear fruit. Sometimes we focus on bearing fruit. It's good if we bear fruit. But notice what he says. He says here in... Um, verse 5. He that abideth in me and I in him the same bringeth forth much fruit. The same bringeth forth much fruit. <clears throat> if my life does not bring forth fruit, if I'm grouchy all day long, if I can't get along with my brother and sisters, my mother and my father, and those around me where I live, if I can't get along with people around me in Bible school, if, I can't get a, uh, if I'm grouchy and grouchy, that's not fruit. I guess it's fruit, but it's bad fruit. It's not what God wants. He doesn't want that in our lives. <clears throat> well, the thing is not to go and hang a whole bunch of apples on a branch. Hanging apples on a branch does not make a branch alive. The only solution for us is to be hanging, not hanging, connected. Here it's abide, connected. Connection is the important thing. We need to be connected to the trunk. If we're connected... Fruit happens. Fruit is a result of connection. So the important thing for us is the connection. We need to be connected to the trunk, connected to the root, because that's where the fruit comes, that's where the life comes from. The life comes up from the ground, up through the trunk, to the branches, and it comes out in, in the branches as fruit. And that's God's plan for us. He wants us to be bearing fruit as a result of being connected. So the important thing, again, is connection. Take time to read your Bible. Take time to pray. Spend time with God because that's the connection. That's where fruit happens from. Fruit is a result of a connection. That's what, it, that's what we're seeing. Your fruit is a result of the connection. God wants us to have that connection and to pass this along to others. In fact, it's not just an option. Um, let's turn to Matthew 21 where he talks also about fruit bearing. <clears throat> We might come back here, so don't lose John 15. But Matthew 21, he gives a parable. It says in verse 33, a parable of the vineyard. <clears throat> Look here at this, read this a little bit where it talks about the parable of the vineyard. And remember this bearing fruit, remembering what God expects of us. He expects of us some result of our relationship with him. 
Here another parable. There was a certain householder which planted a vineyard, hedged it about, digged a wine press, built a tower, let it out to husband, and went into a far country. When the time of the fruit drew near, all right, now it's time to, we're looking for fruit now, he sent his servants to the husbandmen that they might receive the fruits of it. And the husbandmen took his servants and beat one and killed another and stoned another. Now, Jesus, of course, had a little different idea in this parable. He's speaking to the Pharisees. But this morning, as you think of bearing fruit, God sends his servants to you. Now, it may be your little brother or your little sister or a neighbor across the street. We're completely unaware that God is sending this person to us. We don't realize that God is sending this person to us. We don't even see it as a servant of God. But God is sending these people to us. They cross our paths someplace, and he expects fruit. That's why he sent them close to us. That's why he got them close to us. They came by. Maybe a little brother or sister is crying and, you know, distressed because somebody took her toys or somebody else got her dolly or who knows what. Um, It might be many things. We can either make fun of them, laugh at them, or we can pat them on the shoulder and tell them, stop crying, it's all right, get over it, you know, try to comfort them. Or if it's a bigger person, we might need to sit down beside them and, and just let them tell us all their troubles. We don't always have to advise people. Sometimes bearing fruit is simply lending an ear. Let them tell you. You may not have any answers. Maybe you don't have to. Often people who have difficulties, if you listen, they can figure out the answer themselves. They need someone to listen, someone to help them, and God may give us a word to speak too. But here in this case, the servants didn't listen, and they, they killed the servants that were sent to them. Verse 36, he sent other servants, more than the first, and more honorable, it doesn't say in this place, but I think in other places it says, they did the same thing. Last of all, he sent to them his son, saying, they will reverence my son. Obviously, Jesus, in this case, Jesus is the son whom God sent. When the husbandmen saw the son, they said among themselves, this is the heir. Come, let's kill him, and let us seize on his inheritance. And they caught him and cast him out of the vineyard. How foolish could you be? How foolish could you be? I mean, don't have to think very far. If you kill the owner's son, you're going to be in trouble. It looks to me like you would understand that. That's not going to work. But these people were so selfish that they thought the fruit was theirs. They thought it belonged to them. It's not for somebody else. I'm not going to help anybody else. No. If I've got an extra $5, not yours for sure. Uh, No, 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 no. Uh, We're we're not. No, this is mine. That's for me. I work for it. It's not to help somebody else. No, it's mine. And we're not going to share it with somebody else or give somebody else. Somebody else needs a bus ticket. Find your own. Uh, go to work. Whatever. We don't, we don't, we're not, you know. That's the way they were. They felt that these things they had were theirs. And they're not going to let somebody else have them. And not, for some, not for me to help somebody else with or share, share with somebody else. To the place that when the son himself came, they killed the son. Verse 41, what's going to happen, he says, they say unto him, he will miserably destroy these wicked men and will let out his vineyard unto other husbandmen, which shall render unto him the fruits in their season. 
If there are needs around us, if there are needy people and God sends them to us, and we don't share, and we don't give, and we don't help, and we don't reach out, here it says he will miserably destroy them, and he will find someone who will give fruit. He will give this power, this goodness, to someone who will give fruit. So let's be faithful. Let's allow God to use us and bear fruit and help other people as we meet them from time to time. God wants us to bear this fruit and to help other people. Part of bearing fruit, Mark 5, 18 and 19, a man was healed from demons. And as Jesus was leaving, he wanted to go with him. Obviously, that's a good thing because Jesus healed him. What did Jesus tell him? Jesus told him in verse 19, no, don't go with me. Go back home and tell them. Tell those in your house. Go back home and tell them what I have done for you. The Bible records that story. Then about the next verse it says, and when he returned, the people welcomed him gladly. It's probably a different place, but I like the, I like the idea there that when Jesus returned maybe to that place, the people welcomed him gladly. At, at this point, they sent him away. They told him, go away because we lost 2,000 head of hogs, I think it was, and they were afraid of this Jesus and what had happened. But when Jesus came back, I think they welcomed him gladly. It was, I'm sure it was, took a while, but this man telling and telling and telling what Jesus had done for him maybe changed their minds. At least Jesus had told him, go home and tell. Same thing in Joseph's case. Joseph in Egypt, that was probably the most bittersweet time in the, in the boy's life. When they went back to their father, Joseph said, go home and tell my father of all my glory in Egypt. How do you go home and tell your father, we've been lying to you for 25 years? How do you tell your father that? They had to tell him. They had to, because Joseph is alive. And they had let their father believe that he was dead for 25 years. I don't know how long it was, but at least 25, maybe more. But in one sense, it was sweet, because they could tell their father, Joseph is alive, and he's ruler of the land of Egypt, and all these wagons and all these things are his. He sent for you, and you're supposed to go down there, and we're going to have a wonderful life. Okay, go home and tell. That's our responsibility. Let people, because of the fruit they see in us, know that there is a wonderful life awaiting them. Tell people, let people know, this is what God wants for you. This is what God wants for us. God wants all these things in our life. And how do we get that? Exodus 24. Let's go to Exodus 24 yet. And just notice here what God told Moses in the beginning of Moses' career leading the children of Israel wasn't quite the beginning because he's already brought them out of the land of Egypt. But they are now out of Egypt. They've crossed the Red Sea. They've gotten to Mount Sinai, Mount Horeb, I think it calls it. And Moses is in the Mount of God, and God is going to give them the commandments and the rules and the direction how how they're supposed to live and so on. And notice here what God tells Moses in Exodus 24 and verse 12. There's a phrase here that we want to uh, take with us today. And the Lord said to Moses, come up to me into the mount and be there. 
Go up to the mount and be there. Moses bead there for 40 days. Come up to the mount and be there. Just be there. And Moses bead there, or improper English, of course. Uh, Moses was there for 40 days. What happened? When Moses came down from the mount, at least a second time, he came down from the mount. What happened? What happened to his face? His face shone so brightly that people were afraid. Hopefully, when you go back home from Bible school, your face will shine enough that, well, people won't be afraid, but they can tell it. They can tell that your face shines. They can tell that there's someone in you, and it shines forth. That's what happened to Moses. He was just being there, being in the presence of God for 40 days and 40 nights. Something has to happen. And Moses was there for 40 days and 40 nights, and later, I think it was two times, came down the second time, and his face shone. His face shone. That's what God wants for you and for me. He wants our face to shine. He wants people to see him. He wants others to see see him in us. Remember again that we're not the trunk. We are branches. We are not the tree. We are not the source. We are not anything, really. We're just a branch. And it says... Verse 6, back in John 14, 15. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth of the branch and withered, and men notice them. Men notice that. Here it says men gather them. If we're just a dry branch, men gather, the, gather us up as useless because we're not bearing any fruit. Why? We're not connected. When the connection fails, we dry up. They don't try and hang more fruit on us. No, they gather us and burn us because we're useless. Not good for anything anymore except making fire. Not, not, we're, we're, we're useless. God wants us to stay connected. He wants us to keep in him. It says, here is my Father glorified that ye bear much fruit. I have a note here in my Bible which says that bragging, because sometimes brag, sometimes we brag, something wonderful happens, and maybe we kind of keep that story with us for 20 years, uh, we kind of brag about what God did in me or through me or for me or by me. We have a tendency to brag. We kind of brag. And, well, we're, we're, bragging is not bearing fruit. Bragging is not bearing fruit. <clears throat> in fact, bragging is unnecessary. There's no use. It actually is counterproductive. If I brag that God has really done something in me or through me or by me, not not in me, but through me, I'm bearing wonderful fruit, it actually kind of turns things backwards because I'm taking the glory to myself, and that's not what God wants. The glory goes to the tree, not to the branch. We don't have to brag. If we're doing what God wants us to do, people will be blessed. Our responsibility, keep connected. Let's keep connected, and let's during these days of Bible school, use the chances that we have to be connected, keep connected, and abide in him. Let's abide for a word of prayer again. Our Father, again this morning, we thank you for Jesus. Thank you that he is willing to bear each of us, that he does uh, uphold every branch, and that he does give life, and he does give to us those things that are necessary for us to bear fruit. And we just would ask again today that you help us to be growing and abiding in you. Help us to abide in you. Help us to see your love for us, 
to such a degree that it will help us to overflow to other people. Other people can be blessed also by our connection with you. Just be with us today, blessed in our Bible study, keeping you the students, teachers, each one of us today, according to your will. Pray in Jesus' name. Amen.